Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass as well as the automotive and social media worlds. I'm your host Sam from that YouTube channel Seen Through Glass and joining me via video conference it is of course Mr. Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Every week. Every week, banging it out. Look at us. We're so pro these days. Do you remember that time when we just didn't upload an episode for like six months? Well, (laughs) it seems like a distant memory. Well, you was going around the world, so I mean, you couldn't really. Um, Well, actually, we could have. We could have done this. We could have done this. Who knew? Uh, Honestly, coronavirus is like opening up the world of possibilities when it comes to communication. (laughs) Anyway. we, we, We... We've worked out now that if we can't, when this all goes back to normal, if we can't sit in the same room and you're on the other side of the world, we can just do this. It's fine. Well, that's the thing. I think actually some people have been saying they've enjoyed this more than when we're in the room together, which I don't know if that's a rude thing or or an insightful thing. I've enjoyed it more. Well, I know you have. (laughs) I didn't want to ask you. I wasn't talking about you. Honestly, I still question why I have you on this podcast each week. You're such a liability. Well, I was going to get onto. I was going to say, anyway, tell me about your week. What have you been up to, mate? But I don't really care anymore. But go on. Uh, <laughs> anything been happening? Have you been a busy boy? I've heard you've sold some cars. Yeah, I mean, well, like I said, we are allowed to sell cars remotely now. So we've sold a few and I've done a bit of tidying up. And anyone that watches this, cars, this, this podcast is in the market for a car at the moment. Do go on the website and have a quick look because... Uh, I could do with the business. I'd really appreciate it. I'll sign something for you or whatever, if that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so are you not doing handovers? You're sort of doing reserves or you're able to do like socially distanced handovers? How does it work? Yeah, yeah so, so the government come out a couple of weeks ago and said motor dealers are allowed to hand over cars remotely. So that means, so the process would be that we um, take a deposit for the car over the phone. We do a, a, a video or a Zoom call to the customer um, we then get it in the workshop, get it prepared, and we deliver it to their house and kind of conclude the business at their house using safe distance, which is totally fine. Fair play. Oh, good. Well, look, I'm glad I'm glad you're able to find a way to work and that you've been selling some cars because it will have a slightly different vibe to it, this podcast, if you end up homeless. Uh, I mean, you're already going for a slightly strange, you know, look. We've talked about the skinhead on previous episodes. Um, but yeah, the sort of shaggy homeless look would be a different vibe, I think. It would just set up things incorrectly so <laughs> i'm glad you're still yeah, I mean, working don't, don't don't get me wrong we are still we're not selling enough obviously it's a numbers game and we're not doing enough business but no one is i guess but but something's better than nothing there we go yeah no that's how i feel at the minute to be honest as well like i'm just trying to trying to find any content to create um that i can and any other opportunities that come along uh, brands that kind of want to have a bit of help to talk about what they're up to at the moment i'm trying to jump on that and, and help them as well um but i have been uh, producing and, and releasing drive the world movie finally um something i've been working on for an incredibly long amount of time two episodes have come out now um my sort of retrospective look back on last year and i tell you the biggest thing is whilst it's cool like it's a great experience for me like it's really pushing my editing style and my abilities it's also a great way to kind of escape the mundaneness that is lockdown because I'm kind of like traveling all over again by watching back this content. It's a bit of escapism. Yeah, see, it's just reminiscing a bit as well. And 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 I don't watch a great deal of YouTube, obviously, but I have watched parts of part one and part two. And 
as normal without you getting a big edit. It's very, very well presented and very well put together as it normally is. I mean, it's not very often I say nice things. About I was going to say, and I know you're is, watching it because you just want to mob me up. You you watch it to find bits that you can send me and go, you look like a thumb here, mate. <laughs> no, you know, you know why I've watched it as well? It's because I didn't watch a lot of Drive the World and I felt like I missed it also. <laughs> So that next time I talk to you about it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I remember that bit, even though you had no clue that it happened at the time. You've just been watching but the it's movie. No, it's no disrespect to you. I just don't watch a great deal of YouTube I know, full stop. So, I, know. Um, I don't, I don't, but, but I don't also, buy a lot of cars through you, but what's a lie? it's actually a lie, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Also, also, it was really nice to your audience to finally... Um, to, to finally associate them with, with Vicky, obviously. So obviously I, I know Vicky behind the camera and know what a nice girl she is. And it's nice that, that the audience know that she's that person. And yeah, it was really good. She's proving to be more popular than I am, which is a mistake I made on this podcast with you, but I haven't learned my lesson clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my audience like me very much. They're just like the characters that I bring on the show. Uh, anyway, yeah. look, enough catching up. We need to get into it because uh, amazingly, you're not the only one uh, in the automotive industry who's kind of been uh, able to do some work recently. Uh, we've, we've heard the news that some big manufacturers are kind of getting back to work and we're going to touch on that briefly. Uh, a few other questions and topics that some people have submitted via Instagram. And then our main subject for today, and I'm surprising Tony with this, so I'll give him a couple of minutes to, to think about it, is I want to go back. I want to go way back to how we first met. Because we've actually touched on it a couple of times before, but we've never really gone into detail of how we met and how we ended up uh, you know, being on this podcast together every single week. Uh, and I did a recent episode talking about how I met all the other YouTubers and people were crying out for the story of how you and I met. So that's going to be the main focus of today. So so try and go back. I know your, your short and long-term memory is not that good these days. Being an 85-year-old man, um, you're going to struggle, but, but see what you can remember. And yes, we'll be right back with you all to get into today's podcast today's episode of behind the glass now we are kicking things off with something which i'm almost i'm afraid to bring up um but but last week alfa romeo released pricing for their gta and m or GTA, GTM. Anyway, uh, their sort of hardcore Julia Quadrifoglio rival to the Jaguar XE Project A. It's a car we spoke about in our sort of non-Geneva Motor Show special with Paul Wallace. Uh, Tony was a huge fan, kept talking about how he loved the idea of this car. Uh, I'm obviously being sarcastic. <laughs> but at the time, obviously, I mentioned the fact that it was a direct rival to one of my dream cars, the Project A. Uh, and it's turned out, do you know this story, by the way, Tony? Do you know what I'm about to say? No. <gasps> no. Oh, okay. Well, take a guess at how much it's going to be. What's the standard quadrifoglio spec'd up? 60. Okay. So <laughs> take, a, take a guess as to the price of the Alpha Julia GTA. I think it's the M. Anyway, the GTA. Who cares? Go on, take a guess. Well, they're Italian, so they just made it up, as in they've plucked a figure out the sky properly, and then they'll reduce it as and when they feel the need to. Uh, I'm going to go 120. Higher. What? <laughs> I mean, uh, no, wait, wait, wait. Because 120, I thought, I mean, that's really taking the piss, 120, but I thought I was going to go 100, but I thought I'll go 120 because... It's double the money of a normal car. Well, I mean, the next port of call is 150, which is that stupid Jaguar. That's how much that is. 153. Yes, I mean, it's an absolute joke. I've told this story before when I went to the sort of Project 8 sort of unveiling slash invitation to buy event. And, uh, and I was talking to some people there and, and we were all trying to work out what the price would be. And it was a very similar situation where the, the sort of most expensive XC was kind of 54 grand, something like that. And we were saying, well, you know, that it's going to be a hundred grand car, surely, but, but they can't go much more than that. And we were sitting in the room and they went, and it will be priced at 145,000 pounds plus options. And we all went, what? Um, turns out a lot of people bought it, went ahead and spent that money. And I'm very jealous that I didn't. Uh, but yes, this is quite, I think, ludicrous. I get it. It's a direct rival to the Project 8, so why not price it in the exact same way? But I think we've all seen with the Project 8 that it's not 
which is not priced well. I mean, like, there's too much money. It's, it's way too much money. That car should have been 110 grand, which already would have been expensive, but I think would have been bearable. But this is just a thing we're seeing across the board, isn't it, Tony, that that sometimes these manufacturers get a little bit carried away with where they think the market is or where they, what they think collectors will be willing to pay. And people will be willing to pay that. Guaranteed, they will sell those GTAs. Well, it's a lot easier to bring a, to bring a price down and then to put it up. So th- th- they always go higher. I mean, look at that M4 DTM thing as I well. I forgot Same about that. Thing. You're so right. <laughs> 120 odd grand for a for a worse m4 competition i mean it's a worse car i mean it's undrivable it's terrible um uh nismo have arguably done it with the gtr as well a a not really much better 120 130 grand i mean who buys them cars? How many of them Jaguars? You know them Project 8s? What did they make? 150? Well, I think they tried to. Unfortunately, uh, they have really struggled. And I think, I think, and they might not be very happy with me saying this, you could probably still get hold of one if you, if you wanted to. It's, it's ridiculous because for me, that's an amazing car. And if I was a richer man and if I was Shmi 150, I would have one in the garage in a, in a heartbeat, in a second. But, but I can't afford that kind of money. And I still think it's too much for the car, um, which is why I didn't really buy it in the first place. But um, it, it's a shame because Jaguar have ended up not selling what is probably one of the greatest cars they've made in the last 20 years. I, I think with Alpha, their brand value, their brand presence is strong enough that they can kind of rock that price somehow. Look at the 8C. And I know this GTA is nowhere near the 8C, but it's, you know, it's got something I think people will buy an expensive Alpha. But in the grand scheme of things, you're right. How how many times have we heard of these quite ludicrous special editions not actually hitting the kind of numbers that the manufacturers are wanting to make? I don't get it, mate. I honestly don't get it. They've looked at that Project 8 thing that Jaguar couldn't sell them all. Yeah. You can still buy one now. And, yeah. then, and the Italians have thought, I oh, know, we'll make one as well. <laughs> I mean, what's the point? Oh Well, the point is I get to go and drool over it. <laughs> Um, because it does take a look at my boxes. I know I was quite mean about it on that initial Geneva, non-Geneva motor show special, but I've now come round to it slightly just because I'm like, well, if I love the Project 8 so much and the, and the Julia Quadrifoglio, I've started to sort of really notice them on the road recently because you see not very many of them. And I'm starting to think, well, that's a, it is such a good car, apart from the fact they don't work that often. We both really like that car. I mean, you had one. Yeah, and, and to be honest, we've sold a few as well. And we've... Uh, I know you said they don't work very well, but we've not had any problems with any of them, to be fair. They've yeah. all they've all been as good as go. Okay, they've been in manufacturer's warranty, most of them, so we won't necessarily hear of the inherent problems because they go back to the main dealers. But um yeah, none of them caused us any problems at all. The, the problem I have with the Julia is it when it even when it came out in 17, whenever it came out. It looked 25 years old inside. Yeah. You know, it just wasn't very modern, was it? It wasn't. That screen really annoyed me where it looked like you were about to get this massive, amazing infotainment screen. And then when it turned on, it was a really small screen inside a really big box. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. Um, but anyway, yeah. you mentioned an interesting car there, the M4 DTM. And that actually nicely brings us on to kind of my second uh, topic, which was a-, a memory I had during my edit for part two of the Drive the World movie, which is my time driving another red BMW, the M3 GTS, the, you know, the orange one with the wing. I think it was the E92 or E... Yeah, E92. I'm so bad with my yeah, BMW yeah. mark yeah, code. Yeah, E92, the V8 car. Exactly. And I loved that when I drove it. And actually, it was a car that kind of followed me around the world last year. I kept bumping into them all over the place, considering they're supposed to be so rare and so desirable. Um, I kept seeing them in, in dealerships. Um, and another car that they didn't really make the number that they tried to. However... I was quite shocked when I then jumped onto Autotrader and many other online classified listing websites uh, to discover that people are trying to get like 200 grand plus for those cars. Like, I, like what? When did that happen? Just save yourself 160 grand and buy yourself a 1M. <laughs> and I know you're saying no. that because you've got one in stock. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I, I honestly think that that's one of two or three of the best M cars they've ever made. Me, agree. Like, and it's forty grand. I know. You to be it. honest, we've had our we've had our car in stock quite a long time. But I'm actually thinking of just putting it away and keeping it. 
Because although Gravel would own it, it's my company, it's my money, you, you, I, I'm, I might just take it off sale and just leave it. Because I honestly think that that car would be worth a few quid. When you look at M3 GTSs, 100, 180, 200 grand, I mean, this is ridiculous. Outrageous, mate, outrageous. Like, like the car was cool and I liked it. And the reason I looked, I thought, oh, maybe they're like 60 grand. Like, what a cool car to have. I could not believe it when I looked them up. And I was like... But but my question is, are any, is anyone actually buying them? Because because as I saw so many last year and almost all of them were in dealerships. So I feel like it's a bit of a sort of bubble, a bit of a sort of, you know, we're just going to price them at this because, you know, we think that's what they're worth, but no one's actually going for them and paying that kind of money for them. Who knows? But but you're right. The 1M is such a steal in the grand scheme of things. And, and a future episode that I'm kind of working on behind the scenes, which we will be doing soon, is you know, modern classics. Tony and I's thoughts on, on what cars right now represent potential sort of opportunities to get into something that will be looked back on as a classic. And I think we've spoken about it before and we both agree that maybe the days of buying something for 50 grand and then it being worth 500 uh, 10 years later may not still happen. But it doesn't mean that you couldn't potentially get into a car now, which in 10 years' time, people are going to look back and go, that was one of the best cars ever made. And that's what it's all about. We're drivers here. We're not collectors. We're enthusiasts and we like to own cool things. So yes, don't worry. Coming soon, our modern classic special. Um, but we know where Tony lies on the whole M3 GTS versus any car. <laughs> um, now, moving on to a couple of uh, suggestions and questions uh, from uh, our lovely audience. Um, uh, I'm going to try and read out some of the, the usernames. Giannis uh, Pominis. Cool name, Giannis. I feel like I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. He's asked us to speak about the upcoming AMG GTR Black Series. Uh, I'm assuming this is because of the hype uh, from Shmi, having just bought his SLS Black Series and talking about the fact that one day he might like to add a GTR Black Series. Should it ever come? Should he ever get a slot? Um, I sort of like the idea of a GTR Black Series. I don't know about you, because I just feel like it's been a while since we've seen a Black Series product. I guess the last one being the C63 Black and the SLS, right? So there hasn't really been a Black Series of this most recent generation of Mercs. And so I, I'm quite intrigued by that. But Tony, what are your thoughts? Well, historically, Black Series Mercedes have been terribly uncomfortable, as in really 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 uncomfortable <laughs> um and they don't really go around corners that well they're a bit of a pain in the ass to drive but obviously they're rare and they're special and i get it the if the 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 a the amg black series the gtr black series i don't even know what they're going to call it is, this, is that what they're going to call it i don't uh, know who knows who knows i think it's been the okay. amg gt black series <laughs> okay i I obviously because I had the GTR and I actually missed that car. I oh, know I saw in, your post I, about that the other day. Yeah, I do miss that car. And someone went in on me the other day because I said that I won't buy another Lamborghini again and I don't miss my Lamborghini, which is true. And everyone was saying, well, because you lost money on it. Well, I lost a hell of a lot of money on the AMG GTR as well, but I miss it. So it's got nothing to do with the money variant i've lost money on lots of cars over the years doesn't mean i don't miss them or i do miss them that's not the deciding factor it does play a part um, though as in like, like, it, i'll come back it, to it in a second but it does play a part yeah it does but but that's not all what i look at as in in terms of oh, i've lost a load of money that's the reason why i won't buy another one um but the 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 black series if it's anything like the GTR or the GTR Pro, it will have a bit of character and it will be special. The biggest problem with that car is going to be the GT2 RS. For and sure. it won't be as good. It's just as simple as that. But it's it, going to be that money as well. As it in, will be that you, you money. Know. But, but, but could it be something different? Because GT2 RS is such a track-honed road destroying machine you know rear engine sucked to the ground with that big wing porsche dynamics like you know if we go back and look at our gt3 rs versus gtr road trip such completely different cars i mean almost incomparable 
we did try and compare them and we actually did compare them, but, but almost incomparable. I think a GT Black Series, AMG GT Black Series, will be so kind of wild. Well, maybe it would have been wild 10 years ago, probably be quite tame these days. Um, but, you know, I think it will be a rear wheel burning, maybe, yes, a Nürburgring lap record setting, but who cares, um, monster. And I don't think it will have the same characteristics as the 2RS. So whilst maybe lap time-wise you could say they're similar, I think they'll deliver it in such a different way that I think that GT Black Series could be quite a sort of like TDF ludicrous car. I mean, it, I guess the, the, the Germans aren't going to go down that route these days with all the sort of, you know, um, regulations, etc. But if you look historically at Black Series cars, they have always been a bit wild and a bit crazy. But, they, but they've been good, I think. Um... And so I kind of hope that the GT Black Series will be something quite special in these times. I, I worry my, I'm getting ahead of myself and it's going to come out and be a bit bit disappointing. But we can only hope, right? We can only hope. Yeah, I don't think it'll be disappointing. And I think it will be the opposite to, to the other Black Series, like the SLSs and the, the SLKs. It won't be a handful. It will be a good CL, CL handling... Yeah, it'll be it'll really handle because my my AMG GTR handled well, mate. It yeah, wasn't oh for as, sure. Yeah, it wasn't as wriggly and and uh, as as cumbersome as a as a GTS essentially. You know, it really stuck to the road and it held well. And yeah, it would move about a little bit, but you, you know, and I've seen some spy shots on on line and stuff of the Black Series and. It's got a huge wing on it, like the GT2 RS, and but, but it, I I just feel that you know the money they're going to be asking for it. They're going to be asking quarter of a million quid for it. Easy, easy. I know that easily, and I know that you shouldn't say this because it will be a proper car because no one makes a bad car. But I mean, you've got to be brave to spend a quarter of a million quid on a Merc. You know, like a, a Ferrari, a Porsche, a Lamborghini, McLaren even. You know, you, you they kind of can command that 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 amount of money. But, you know, Mercedes sell A-classes at 20 grand, mate. Yeah, you know, it's a risky strategy. We've said this strategy. before, and it, it, it's, it's hard for them to, 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 to command that sort of money for, for a car. Of course. Well, anyway, let's let's hold out. Let's let's see what happens. Uh, you know, lots of question marks over future cars and, and timelines of it. But we we did get the news, and you mentioned Lambo briefly there that, that there are some manufacturers that are going to kind of be opening back up or getting the 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 line, the production line running again uh, in the weeks ahead. And Lambo were one of them who not only said we're going to sort of in a very safe way get the production line running again, but we're also going to be revealing a new model. Now, this is probably or almost certainly going to be a variant of an existing model because I think. They said that they're going to bring in a fourth car, but not until like 2025 or something. So so we're expecting a, a variation. Now, if it's a variant of the Aventador, then, I mean, I'm just going to bow down to Lambo for just being the bravest, most like hilarious company ever. Surely they can't rerun that car. Um, but I think we're probably all expecting the car that Paul Wallace teased last week, which is the kind of performante version of the Evo. Is that is that what you're thinking, Tony? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'll tell you why I'm thinking it as well. It's because they're not selling the Evos. So this is what Ferrari done with the Pista. So they couldn't sell 488s anymore. So they have to sell cars, mate. So what, you know, and, and don't forget, they've got all them engines and, and all these chassis that, are, you know, they're all in a line. What are we going to do with them? We're not selling them anymore. I know, let's make a special version of it. That'll get them going. And that's what I bet you it's some version of the Evo because they're not selling Evos. No one's buying them. Hardcore version of the Evo with a new name, Super Trofeo, Super Legera, Super something, 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 um, which will be an attractive proposition. But I think, yeah, it's they're running into that territory now with the guard, aren't they? Where there's just going to be so many variants. I get confused. Rear wheel drive, like, you know, four wheel drive, Evo, non Evo, performante. But but it just, it's all a bit too much for me. I get, I get lost in the blurred lines. But let's hold off and wait and see because it's still a good looking car, still an attractive proposition, I think, for lots of people. Um, And so I think it'd be exciting for us in general to have a new car to talk about <laughs> that's really what i'm trying to tease in this week's episode it's like there's rumors that we might actually get some some automotive news to discuss at the moment it's all speculation mm. but fingers crossed for lambo uh, and for really all manufacturing that things get back up to speed nice and quickly and we can we can have some new cars to look at um i'm assuming ferrari as well back up and running uh, soon enough rolls royce i know are uh, getting their production line running um so germany i'm sure won't be too far behind um, so let's stay while tuned. we're while we're on the fact of, of manufacturers all getting back to normal, there is one thing in all of this that that people, the general public, are not um, taking into consideration, um, which is why I think there will be a shortage of new cars. Which is why I think that used cars won't take as much of a hit as what people are saying, because these factories they're sausage factories mate you cannot just switch them back on so they've been locked down for two months or three months however long it is you've then got to start the conveyor belt back up again which takes doesn't take days that takes weeks you've then got the the big problem of social distancing now you've been to factories and you've seen the amount of people that work at these factories ferrari are a a small manufacturer, but look at the amount of people that are involved in making them cars. It won't be a thing, mate. They'll be be at 40 or 50% staff mm. and and it will be a lot slower. The production line will be hugely slower than what we're all thinking. Therefore, there will be a shortage of new cars. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there because actually I spoke to Minnie, obviously about the the Clubman replacement, which is kind of a weekly topic on this podcast, um, uh, and said, look, to order a new one, what's the situation? And they said, well, look, usually we would tell you it's eight to 10 weeks. Uh, we've been advised by the factory that when they get back up and running, that's, that's probably going to be more like 12 to 14 weeks. But we also don't know when they're going to get back up and running. So it is a long time to get hold of a new car. Uh, and so for me, if I was to go down the Clubman route, I'd be needing to look at something that's already been delivered uh, or something with a, with a few miles on it. So there you go, straight away, the kind of mini dealers know they've got the upper hand because it's like, well, we're not going to reduce this car that much because you've got you know, 12 to 14 weeks to wait. On the flip side, they're going to want to sell stuff because no one's bought anything for a few months. So people are going to be keen for business. And when you come to talking about production lines, yes, I agree a lot of humans and how they're going to kind of get that with social distancing, et cetera. But don't forget as well, a majority of the big manufacturers have 90% robotized production lines now uh, with machines that can do the work of a human. Usually the humans are there just to kind of guide and, and safety check a lot of the machines. And so it may be that the lines have all kind of frozen. And yes, it will take a while to kind of rejig all the computers to kind of reactivate but I would suspect that a lot of the, the work can continue with minimal human interaction. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe it would be an interesting insight, actually, to sort of hear from someone at a factory level um, at one of these manufacturers. But I, I'm with you. I'm totally with you where I think 
new cars are going to be slow, especially from the likes of Ferrari and Lamborghini stuff, maybe not from like Peugeot and Ford, but I think there will be slow new cars. And I, I agree that therefore used car values, well, used cars, I think, will be in demand because uh, I think people won't want to wait or might not be able to wait uh, that amount of time. And that's definitely the pot I'm in. My ability to go out and order a new car to replace the Clubman JCW when it goes back to the factory uh, it, it is not possible. I'm going to have to find something used or at least unregistered so so there you go i'm a prime example of uh of someone who might be you know trying to buy something new yeah the the biggest the biggest problem to values on on used cars won't necessarily be um when new cars it will be how many people are going to lose their jobs because of coronavirus that will be the biggest problem, and that's unknown. We can all surmise, and we can all say, "Well, oh, it's going to lose this, and we're going to lose some cars, going to lose forty percent, twenty percent, thirty percent." Pluck a figure out the sky; they're not going to lose anything. We can all surmise, and we've all got data. At me, especially because it's my job, have data to back up that they're not going to lose the amount of money that some people are saying. We're experts within the field, essentially. Um, but, but no one knows, mate. No one knows well, exactly I think that's what's it. going to happen. I think, it's, I think everyone is trying to figure it out. And from every single side of the coin, you've, you've got enthusiasts, you've got collectors, you've got dealers, you've got media, you've got you've everyone trying to suss this thing out and trying to guess the route to go because I cannot tell you how many WhatsApp groups I'm in where people are asking me if now is a good time to buy a car like sending through links watching prices you see one car go for a little bit less money people are getting really overexcited then something apparently goes for a little bit more then things are say, people are saying oh now's not a good time to spend money anyway so I didn't really want to dwell on coronavirus because I know everyone's a bit sick of it but, but, but it's an important topic in the automotive world at the moment because I think it's the uncertainty and and you obviously are fighting the good fight and continuing to go and trying to keep your business alive and sell cars. Um, and fundamentally, to do that, you need customers and people buying cars. But you're right in the sense that we've still got so much to figure out with this whole thing. Uh, you know, people losing their jobs, keeping their jobs, economy coming back and going away. So many different things that we just don't know. And and will there be a day when a Pagani Huara is 100 grand and you can all go out there and buy your hypercar of your dreams? <laughs> Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. Who knows? And if so, how exciting. Um, but we're just going to have to wait and see. And I think it's one of those situations of week by week. Uh, and I personally wouldn't buy a car over 100 grand right now. But that's just my situation. I'm just in that position. But would I buy a car 40 or 50 grand? Yeah, probably would. Probably would. Um, so anyway, that's that's my Corona bit for the day and our Corona bit uh, before we stir the pot a bit too much. Uh, let's move on to today's top topic, uh, which is, yes, the story of, of Tony and I. I kind of want a romantic soundtrack now to play underneath, but I've only got those stupid soundtracks that you banned me from using. So I'm not going to touch any of the do buttons not, on my soundtrack. Do not touch any of them buttons because you'll put something on that will... Yes, make us sound like we're the couple of woofters. <laughs> Not sure that's still a legal term, but anyway. Um, yes, because <laughs> I know a lot of people are uh, intrigued by this and have been asking for this story. So I thought it'd be a fun thing for, for Tony and I to do to get a bit nostalgic and, and go back. Because uh, I, I track our relationship, Tony, from the Jaguar F-Type. And what I'm going to do is I'll tell my side of the story first, and then I'd love to hear your side of the story. Because in my mind you probably knew who I was before I knew who you were, maybe only for a limited amount of time. Um, but I first came aware of you uh, in two ways. The first time I think, well, actually the first time was through Dub Customs. Uh, I was trying to sell my Jaguar F-Type. Uh, I'd mentioned that to them in a kind of brief, very vague sense. And I'd gone away somewhere and they messaged me saying, there's a guy down here potentially interested in your F-Type. Um, I didn't know at that point whether it was a dealer or an individual or whatever. I think they might have mentioned, or maybe when I eventually got connected with you, Tony, because that's the person who was, in, in, <laughs> was asking about the car, uh, that, that you'd filmed with Paul. You'd done a video with Paul uh, in your Audi R8 V10, and I'd seen that video. Uh, so I, I can't remember when that kind of connection happened, but, but either via Dub or via you when we first got connected saying, oh, you know, I've, I've filmed with Paul or, or he's filmed with Paul is a bit of a, like, he's not a complete lunatic. Um, and I, so I think we first met, did we first meet at Dub? 
We did, yeah. Okay, so you came along to to look at look at the car, I guess, uh, and have a little bit of a chat. Um, and you were a, a, a funny little character. <laughs> I'll be honest. Cute. Turned turned up in your baller R8. I still was like, who is this guy? But I was so desperate to get rid of the cars because I was like, I'm going to entertain him. Um, but you very quickly said, look, you know. Is there a way that we can, you know, do something more here? You know, if if I help you out of this car, maybe we can do something about finding your next car, and and you can help me with a little bit of social media and blah blah blah. At which point I was like, yeah, sounds absolutely great. Let's chat a little bit more over the few weeks, see how we get on, and see if we can come to an arrangement. Um, and we did because you were an absolute G. I managed to sell my car uh, slappity quick. Um, uh, moved on to a, a new buyer, uh, and so we said, great. Well, let's let's start the hunt for the next car and do this, and and kind of our relationship um, grew very quickly from there, I think, because we kind of decided to do the My Next Car series. Um, and I decided to, I, I had to get you on the channel, which is something I probably regret now. <laughs> um, it was terminal. Terminal. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, but I said, you know, I said, there's no, there's, you can't grow a business without kind of having a face to it. If I was just driving around going, thanks to Gravelwood Car Sales, people wouldn't really care. Um, but I, I knew, you know, to, to really get people on side with you and aware of what you were doing, if we put you on camera, people would associate with you and, and the business a bit easier and a bit quicker. And the first video that I think we did was the Audi TTRS, correct? Yeah, you'll run B-roll now, won't you? Well, I don't really want to because I'm filming this quite late. <laughs> so thanks for really putting my foot in it. I really didn't want to have to put B-roll oh. over this one because I'm running a bit late. I want to get this video up as quickly as possible. So guys, if you want to see the video, go on to the main channel, seenthroughglass.com forward slash, no, youtube.com forward slash seenthroughglass and search TTRS. What are you going to say, Tony? <laughs> well, because... because um, I didn't really want you to put the B-roll up. Oh, there we, there we go. There we go. And I didn't really know what to say. You and, didn't. And you sat there nodding yeah. most of the time. I did, yeah. yeah. It yeah. was an awkward but, experience. And, uh, after, a, after a few, we got used to it. Yeah, you slowly eased uh, eased yourself into it, but it was uh, it was great. I mean, it was it was a series that has gone down incredibly well. Looking for the replacement of my F Type, which of course eventually led to the McLaren 540C. But I think your popularity on the channel grew very quickly. People enjoyed your one-liners. I think they enjoyed the series. They enjoyed the idea of it. It added a bit of credibility to my search, um, but also, of course, did the fundamentals, which was help grow awareness for Gravelwood. Something that I was more than happy to help do because seeing your setup and getting to chat with you and seeing how quickly you sold that f-type which i don't think anyone else in the uk could have done considering what i turned it into um i was like this guy this guy's worth promoting clearly knows what he's doing um and then of course your kind of big shining star moment at least in my mind but i think the audience's mind was finding the mclaren 540c and we haven't really told this story before about when we first kind of went to mclaren london to kind of discuss the car and go over specs and stuff and i know you enjoy telling it so do you want to say what happened when we left after we kind of agreed the deal on the car well well i mean i remember it like it was yesterday and we come at the dealership and you had the biggest flap. I mean, I literally <laughs> thought I was walking. I thought I was walking down the road with my sister, and she bought a pair of shoes that she couldn't afford. I mean, he, you was like, oh my god, oh my god, like, what are we gonna do? Mate, I can't buy this car. Like, like, I need to tell Vicky. Like, I, I mean, I mean, so I can't do this. I mean, I gotta call my dad. I mean, <laughs> I had such a panic attack because being around Tony, he's just like, go on, mate. What are you doing about? Go just buy the car. Like, what are you on about? So I'm sitting there like, oh, it's a lot of money, Tony. I don't know. Oh, shut up. Get on with it. You earn plenty of money. Crack on. Like, he's the worst, like, little devil on your shoulder. And sitting in a McLaren showroom, about to buy my first ever proper supercar. Of course I'm excited. And he just convinces me that I can afford the payments because, of course, I was financing it and it'll all be fine. And the minute I step out of that little bubble, I'm like... <laughs> what have I just done? What I'm screwed. Like, firstly, Vicky's gonna kill me when I get home and go, oh, uh, "Hi, babe, I bought a hundred forty thousand pound McLaren." Um, and then, yes, of course, I said I gotta call my dad because, as a man who's been self-employed and has told me his entire life, never borrow money for something you can't afford. I was like. I need him to like validate this and tell me that I'm not an idiot because otherwise I'm going to cry. And I just remember his first thing saying, oh, well, you're an absolute idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And he would be right. Yeah, he would be right. What a disaster. So yeah, that's kind of like, I feel like a short summary to kind of like the introduction to each other's lives. Uh, How do you remember it from your side? 
So I actually, it's slightly different. I'd seen a couple of you guys searching something. Oh, sorry. Go go back. I, go back a second. I had an interruption for some reason on the on the Zoom call. Start again. You you heard of I us said, guys? I I'd seen a couple of you guys on YouTube. Um, Shmi, you and Paul. Uh, I didn't know who you were. I didn't. You know, I'm not a YouTube boy. You didn't care is what you're trying to say. (laughs) I I didn't really care. And um, I saw one of you at Dub Customs in one of the films, in one of the videos. And I thought, I know where that is. I use them. I'll call them. You know, what what, what is this? What do these guys do? What are they doing? Like, what what is this? Um, So anyway, I'd spoke to them and they'd explained. And they said, well, um, actually they might actually be half Andy for you and you could be Andy for them. And um, it was one of the reasons why I started watching the videos. I thought, well, actually, can these boys help me, you know, as a projector level? And can I somehow help them? Because I was always curious about you got in and out of your cars. And in the back of my mind, I was always thinking like, is there something I can do for them and they can do for me and, 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 you know, we could work together and they could promote the company and blah, 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 blah. So that was always my aim and it worked essentially. Um, but it was just getting to meet you guys. Um, so I was at Dub one day. Uh, I, was, I don't know what I was doing. I was there for something and Paul rocked up and I was in my R8. Ah, oh, T, what it was happening. Do you remember I had the. Yeah, Lamont I was going to say, 24. I was going to interrupt, That's but you, you were trying to increase the value of your car <laughs> by putting Le Mans 24 hour stripes on it, pretending it was a special edition. I know you weren't actually pretending that, that but. No, but that, and then Paul rocked up for some reason. I got talking to Paul and he said, oh, I like you, R8. They know Paul, he's easy to talk to. And um, I, and I just I just said to him, you can have a go if you like. And he said, oh, can I? I said, yeah, cool, it's no problem. Um, and it, we, we went out and then I started talking to Paul and then um, the guys had mentioned that you were selling your Jag. Um, and I said to him, um, well, get him on the phone, give him my number. I'll buy it if he wants. And I thought, well, this could be an opportunity. This could be the opportunity I was thinking about. We, we might better do something. And I said, yeah, you know, get him on the phone or we'll meet and, I, I, you know, if I can help him, I'll help him. Um, and yeah, that was my earliest. And then we met and then you've told the story from there. And I think the best thing about it, as with any kind of like relationship, whether it's with a company, a brand, an individual on my channel is it was authentic because as you kind of mentioned there, the best part about it is you were offering a service. It wasn't literally like you came along and said, oh, look, can you promote my business? Um, uh, and it was just a bit like, okay, fine, mate. Um, you know, there, there was, you were doing a service by, by, helping me in and out of cars that that maybe I wouldn't have done myself as, as we spoke about briefly before you kind of forced me into a McLaren uh, which I definitely wouldn't have done if you weren't in the room um, but you also helped me out of that McLaren on the other end so thank you very much for that uh, painful experience for both of us no problem um, but yeah it, 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 that was the thing you know and so I think the audience kind of got that and saw and it wasn't just like oh who's this guy it's like oh here's the guy helping Sam and then later on Paul and, and, and others uh, in and out of cars and and you know, from that point of view, I enjoyed doing it because uh, it made sense and I was talking about things for the right reason. But we definitely did run into a few troubles at the beginning with regards to you appearing on YouTube. And I think maybe it was a forewarner for the the, the monster you've become. Uh, but I do remember actually going and driving a Ferrari F430 for the My Next Daily series. And this is actually something that had been arranged through the Ferrari press office. If you don't know, uh, Ferrari do have a pretty tight uh, handle on you know any kind of media exposure for their brand. So if you want to go and test drive a Ferrari through a, an official Ferrari dealership, it has to be approved by the press office. And so uh, a really a really nice guy, a great guy who who works the PR team, uh, set it all up and came down to uh, introduce himself and and etc cetera, etc. Cetera, and uh, oh, fantastic. And I'd already decided that I wasn't going to buy the 430. You know, at that time I just long story short, obviously I bought the 360, but I wasn't going to buy the 430. But we were going on the test drive and I needed Tony to kind of be in that headspace. I needed, I didn't want him getting too carried away. I needed him to be able to be in that same line of thinking where we loved the car, but we knew I wasn't going to buy it. <laughs> and off we went on the test drive. And I had briefed you about that. But you were so 
overexcited and overjoyed to be in a Ferrari, as was I, that we had to do about 25 takes. Because every time I'd be like, yeah, but the thing is, I just, I'm not sure this would be the right car. You'd be like, why not, mate? Well, I think this is perfect. What are you on about? It's a perfect car. I was like, no, no, Tony, we're not buying this car. We have to like, we we have to not let the audience get carried away because when we don't buy it, they'll be upset. And he was like, oh, right, you know, okay, okay. Two seconds later. So yeah, as great as this is, I think we'll look at something else. Don't look at anything else, mate. Ferrari's the way to go. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, this guy, I cannot work with him. You were a bit of a liability back then. I was, yeah. But but going back to what you said about putting a name to, to a face and putting me on camera, although I'm not a huge fan of social media, it was the best thing you guys could have done. You in particular, to be fair. It was literally the best thing because every time I meet someone or I go to a car show or, or, or I see someone at a petrol station or in the street, everyone says, it's Tony from Gravelwood. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. It's exactly, had you not put me on camera, um, that, that, that association would have never have been there. And it would have been absolutely important. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a, it's a different, you know, you've got to do it in the right way. And, and I knew you had the credibility, but the personality that, that people would, you know, uh, latch onto. And we did it softly, softly. And you, what you've got to be careful with is obviously you don't want to turn somebody against a business because of an individual, uh, which, you know, which can happen and has happened previously. Um, but, but I knew, you know, I was confident enough in my editing ability <laughs> to make you look good. But also I knew you knew what you were talking about. And, you know, we had fun. We were doing a fun thing. And, and as I say, it added credibility, especially to that test drive series, apart from the fact that you were desperately trying to convince my audience to convince me to buy a 430 at the time. <laughs> the rest of it, you were pretty useful to how long in the car. So, yeah, I mean, kind of I, from that point, fast forward, a few years I think you know once that my next my next supercar my F-type replacement I can't remember what we called it series was over um, we did do another one which was my next daily I just mentioned that um, by mistake but a few other kind of videos here and there and I think as we became better friends uh, as well as kind of you know having a working relationship we were just hanging out more and, and doing more things and you know a, f- filmed a couple of videos of, of your personal cars we went on a couple of road trips uh, and naturally you know it's what three years later now I suppose or, or three and a bit years later now yeah three and a bit I'd think yeah three in a bit and actually spending as much time uh, together or at least talking as we do uh, you do form very close relationships so it's been fantastic uh, and it's definitely you know it's changed certain elements of my channel but fundamentally this podcast because this kind of podcast really only came about because sort of you and I saw an opportunity something that we were enthusiastic about and passionate about and I definitely wanted to do the whole podcast thing, but I kind of knew you'd be the perfect person to team up with because of your knowledge and your experience, but also because of your ghastly one-liners and don't let that blow up your ego. <laughs> um, but, you know, the hope and the aim is that it, it continues to do the fundamental job of raising awareness for Gravelwood. Um, fingers crossed you don't put your foot in it so much that you or I or Gravelwood get sued at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've, you have now sort of ended up with a social media career in some parts and so how do you feel about that now well i i I don't take it that seriously which is why i'm probably the person that i am um but and you've said to me many times and i do listen to you to be fair most of the time um (laughs) especially when it comes to social media especially about you guys you you guys are kind of experts at that that's not my expertise and I kind of do stay off of it, really, but I do get involved sometimes, and I shouldn't. And 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 like you've said before, which is what I don't really realise, is that I have a bit of a voice, and and that opinion can sometimes get me into trouble in the wrong words, essentially. But I don't because I don't really think that I have a voice. That's why I behave like that sometimes, I guess. I don't know, but... Yeah, it's yeah, changed. You, uh, yeah, and I, I you know, I, I've ha- I have had to, but also try to remind you every now and again of just that, you know. I think now a lot of people are aware of you and, and you have a, an, a, an appeal, you have an awareness over and above you being a car dealer. You are also Tony from Gravelwood, which, you know, I think at times has maybe taken too much precedence. And I know you admitted that at times that maybe you got a bit carried away with all the road trips at one point. 
it and thought, oh, I've got to go back to work. Um, but at no point did your business ever suffer. And it's kind of like there are these two components now where you're the hardworking uh, businessman slash entrepreneur that has ended up with things like GT3 RSs and specialities in the garage. Um, but also, uh, I would say that you do have a sort of not a heightened version of yourself, but you've had to sort of separate Tony from Gravelwood with actual Gravelwood. Uh, and it's worked well now. I think you can come on here and, and be the the loud the loud mouth that you are, uh, but know that you're still running a business very effectively and well uh, behind the scenes. So yeah, look, uh, it's been fun to, to reminisce about those early days. And it's sort of worrying how quick time has passed, I think, because uh, it feels like just about two months ago that we met at Dub Customs uh, and that I had that F-type, glorious days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, for those of you that were fans of those early series, there is a new My Next Daily series coming as soon as lockdown is potentially able to be lifted. Um, you know, no matter what, if I've had to have gone out there and bought a car, we will do a retrospective, what else I was looking at at the time and whether I then regret whatever I've ended up buying. Um, but of course, there'll be plenty of, there will be plenty of road trips, won't there, Tony? One day, at some point, there'll be plenty of road trips. There will be, yeah, and, and and you know what? It might actually be one of the only things that we can do because you can isolate in a car. So when we're all allowed to go out driving again, uh, maybe it'd be good for this country as well. Maybe people will spend more time in this country exploring North Wales and parts of Scotland and Ireland where we went, you know. So uh, I'll certainly be doing a bit more of that, although I think I've been on every piece of tarmac in the UK. Yeah, you wish. Um, I'm like a globe trotter. <laughs> no, you're, you're, what, what's the opposite of a globe trotter? You're like a domestic trotter, a, a home well, I trotter. Write, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly tame compared to you because you've been right around the world. But I mean, I've covered most of Europe. So. Oh, well done, mate. Uh, okay, well, look, that brings a draw to today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for those of you that have tuned in. If you're watching here on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. We've we've slowed down a bit. We're slacking on our subscriber count. Uh, Tony, remind people that the, the number we're trying to get to. Well, where are we now? We're like 33 and a half or 34,000 subscribers, but we want to get yeah. to... 50,000 yeah. would be nice, guys. We would love 50. And I know maybe maybe people thought, oh, well, there's not much motivation because I'm not going to be able to go and join the guys like they promised because of lockdown. But but look, like Tony and I are doing right now, you could join us via video conference. Who knows? Um, so just get us to 50K. It would be lovely. <laughs> and if you're listening, uh, please, of course, make sure to, to keep following us, listening on whatever platform that is, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Lots of you out there who, who listen to us only. So thank you very much. And we will catch up with you uh, next week. So for now, stay safe, stay inside, um, stay alive. And yeah, we'll catch up with you soon. Bye-bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.